Hello, Hello yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. G'day, mate. Oh, g'day there, Jade. How you going? Good, doll. How are you? How many listens or how many people do you think we'd get stopping listening if we put those voices on for the entire episode? Well, maybe we should find out. Let's do it and see. I think yours, yours actually wasn't that different from your normal <laughs> voice. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, we're super excited to be here today because today we are giving the listeners an episode that has been asked for for so long. Centuries. It's been asked for centuries. <laughs> decades and decades of this show, but all about childcare. And we are just, we had such a fun chat with Maite, who runs a family daycare, and Felicity or Fliss, who's biased, my sister in law, but she uh, helps run her family's private long daycare centres. So it was good to get some experience from both of them. Um, yeah. We listened to everything that you guys wrote in. We asked them all the questions, they answered them all. There's a really nice balance between family daycare and, you know, the operations of a big childcare centre. So we hope that we've filled this action-packed full of stuff and you guys enjoy. And of course, because you can't shut us up, we, you know, gave our two cents worth and gave all our personal experiences too. So we hope they're helpful, even though you didn't really ask for them. I think we gave five or 10 cents worth, but anyway, as we always do. Now, Jade, tell me, how's your week been? My week has been wonderful. The kids are back to school. I feel like this is the only thing I've been talking about all year about school and daycare and... (laughs) No, it's been really good. The kids are happy. They're seeing their friends every day. It's a mad rush to get in, to get out. But um, everyone seems happy, which is great. I am like just getting on top of cleaning the house, which makes me a little bit happy. And that's about it. What about you? Any lows for the week? To be honest, you know, just the occasional stress about work and, you know, things like that, but nothing that we can't get a hold of and learn from. So, yeah, it's been really interesting and actually really exciting this week. Yeah, I feel like we're very much back in the throes of... You know, it took a few weeks where like everyone was coming back and you slowly get into it and it's like, now you're in it. (laughs) Exactly. What about you? Oh, my week's been mainly highs. I've had a great week. My parents came up and visited last weekend and my mum is still here and she is looking after the kids this weekend while Nick and I go away for two nights for one of my best friend's 30th birthdays. Yeah, Tiffy. Yeah, Tiffy. And so it will be the, I've been away from Goldie one night ever, I think. So it'll be the first time being away two nights. I'm really, really excited, but I'm also like, oh, I hope she like takes a bottle for them and I hope she behaves and I know I'll miss them. And, but no, I'm going to just embrace it. Like Nick and I are so ready for this. So yeah, we're super excited. So I feel like all week I've kind of like only had to half parent, which is, you know, a lovely, lovely feeling. How nice does it feel when you, you only have to half parent? Oh, So great. 
And then low of the week is that, I mean, I was raving, I think it was last week, about how Poppy was sleeping in her own bed again, which is still a high. She's still sleeping in her own bed again, but she is waking up like three or so times a night calling out for us. So we go in and lie down for a second and she falls straight back to sleep, but she won't fall back to sleep unless we go in there. So we're still kind of working You've on that. You've moved in, and- haven't you? Hmm? You've moved into her room now. You're all <laughs> in moved there. Into her- Nick has the king to himself. But yeah, I feel like we're nearly at the stage where a sticker rewards chart needs to come out and some serious purple monkey bribing needs to go down because I am ready for a full night's sleep. So, which is what I'll be getting over the next two nights. Although I'll probably wake up at 2am and be like, this is weird. I'm so rested. Um, Yeah, but girl, you'll go straight back to sleep. You'll be like, ah, this is fabulous. So, so good. So yeah, no, in general, a great week, slightly tired. Yes. Fair enough. Well, I hope you have the best time away. I mean, by the time everyone listens to this, you will be back. But probably have a very sore head, but that's okay. That is totally fine. Enjoy it, my love. I will. And good luck to anyone who stuck with FebFast. I said I was going to do it. We are currently recording this on the 5th of February and I have accidentally drunk four nights of the five. So I have sucked at it, but good on you to anyone else out there. Well, if you had have been listening to all our other podcasts about not having expectations, I didn't even go into Feb with fasting. So here I am not being disappointed because I am still drinking every day and I feel (laughs) fine about it. Well, we hope everyone loves this episode. We hope you get a lot out of it. It answers all your questions. I hope it makes childcare feel a little less daunting, but also want to say that it's, you know, it's a difficult step for everyone. So we hope you feel less alone in that and enjoy some time to yourself, mamas. Hello, Maite and Fliss. Thank you so much for joining us today on Beyond the Bump to chat about all things childcare. We have had an uproaring from our listeners saying that we need to chat about childcare because we, you know, for many mums, dads, parents, it can be, you know, really, really daunting transition. I feel like it's about as daunting as starting your child on solids. You kind of go, oh my gosh, there's so much out there. How the hell do I know what's safe, uh, what's beneficial, etc." So thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you for having us. And I feel like I'm stepping into a ring. I've got someone that's like family daycare versus <laughs> we've got centre daycare over here and we're all just going to come together and just work out <laughs> what's better. But overall, they're not going to fight till the death well you know what you can (laughs) that's fine it's all it's all recorded we're not sitting next to each other but um I think you know there's no right answer which is the really positive thing so we can you know have a really open discussion about what what's best and what benefits of each I think that's really positive so Fleece would you be able to start off by telling us a bit about yourself uh what you do for work what your experiences are Absolutely. So um, my name's Fliss, Felicity, and I am a mum of two gorgeous girls. I've got a newborn, Grace, who's about 11 weeks old, and uh, toddler, Olivia, who's nearly three, and side note, cousin to Poppy and Goldie as well. Um, I work... Yeah, Felicity is my (laughs) sister-in-law, so we'll get that bias out there early. Um, So my working background is I work for my parents' family business called Platypus Junction and we're in Melbourne and Victoria. We're a private family business and we run three childcare centres which keep us very busy and just love providing an early learning purpose-built environment for children in the local areas that we're surrounded in. 
Um, and it's a really fulfilling work space to be in. Awesome. And Maite, how about yourself? Um, my name is Maite. I am from Brazil. I moved here and moved straight to Casarina. And I actually, I am a fashion designer, but I, well, when I, we decided to have kids, I thought I want to change and I want to be a bit more present and got pregnant. There was a big day center being built close by to our house. And I thought I'm going to work here. Always loved kids. Really had a lot of fun. I was a kid myself. I really couldn't see myself bringing up one, but I thought I'll have fun. And when I started working at the big center, I was pregnant and enrolled the kid, my child there, my child to come and started working there until I realized, well, she was born. We did two days there and I realized this is not for me. This is not what I want. And after eight months working in a big center, it actually opened my eyes to family daycare. And I thought I'm going to do this. This is more what I'm looking for my kids. I have two daughters, um, six and three years old, and I wanted to be close to them also for them to learn Portuguese. As my husband is Australian, he doesn't speak any Portuguese. It was the only way to be close, I thought. So I've been doing family daycare for six years. Now, can you tell us, I feel like most people have heard of long daycare centers. Can you tell us a bit about what family daycare is? Well, it's pretty much opening your house to have kids and look after them. It's the same idea as the long daycare. You need to do programming and all the policies and all the safety, hygiene, everything that you're following in a long day center, but it's in your house. So you usually have a scheme above you looking after you and they come and check for all these standards that you have to have in your house. And once you're approved, you can have four under school age children a day and three school age children. I usually don't have the school age ones, just the little ones. And same rating and assessment as a long day care we have, and they can come anytime. Government can come anytime and check on us for all of that. But the scheme usually comes every fortnight to see how we're doing, how the kids are doing, check on us and give us training as well. And we also have very similar subsidy because we are all registered. Our parents have subsidy as well. Jade, what kind of daycare have your girls done? Well, my children have done everything. So (laughs) don't worry, I've tried them all. When I had Mia, we did a a family daycare and it was a beautiful woman. She was actually French and she was so passionate and she still is very passionate about what she does. And Mia loved it. She absolutely loved it. It was a really nice transition from having her at home and then not going into such a, a massive place with her personality. She needed to have a a, you know, a, a softer adjustment. And by her going into just, you know, a, a home with a, a small number of children, it was a nice way to taper into that. As she got older and Billy came along, then I found that the confidence grew and they sort of outgrew the family daycare and they were really ready to go into a centre and they absolutely flourished in the centre with meeting new friends and uh, new teachers and it was just a a completely different experience. And then Yumi went straight into a centre 
from I think she was about 11 months old or maybe even earlier. I can't even remember. And she hasn't cried one day of being there. Absolutely. She runs the daycare. She runs it. She really does. She's actually at reception most days, but she absolutely loves it. And I really think it just comes down to how your child is. What's your experience, Sophie? Yeah. So mine was similar. We started Poppy in a family daycare with a lovely lady called Maite (laughs) when she was about 14 months old and we went with that approach because we did feel like it was a more gentle approach. However, I feel like I felt more comfortable with it because I knew Maite already. I feel like maybe if I didn't know someone or didn't have word of mouth, I maybe would have gone straight into a centre. But yeah, Poppy went to Maite's from about 14 months old and Goldie has just started at about one year old and Poppy has just transitioned from a family daycare into a bigger centre now because we felt like she's nearly three. She was kind of ready to to have to deal with the complexities of lots of kids around, different educators, maybe a little bit more adversity. But still, when I was dropping off at the big centre for the first day, I was like, ah, but she's absolutely loving it. And she's a very social child, isn't yeah. she? And also, I actually did have a few people to come on the podcast, but Sophie didn't let me. So this is why it's <laughs> only the people that Sophie knows. But let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll start with you, Fleece. How do you, how would you choose a a good daycare? Well, I think you basically need to sit down as a family first and decide what sort of care you need. Is it because you're going back to work? Is it because you, as a mum or a parent or a carer, need some respite or would like your child to have some socialisation or some more academic focused learning through play situations with peers? So it's really important to sit down as a family unit and, and decide what you want because, as you know, which is why the podcast is the topic it is today, there's so many options out there from nannies, babysitters, playgroups. Um, family daycare, long daycare. There's just so many options. So work out what you want. I think it's really important, obviously, to consider what type of child you have. So whether they're like, for instance, Poppy is a really gorgeous social butterfly. She's quite confident in herself and has really good self-esteem. So I think a child like that's quite resilient and would would fit into sort of those situations really well. For instance, my own daughter, when I was starting with childcare, I found it really difficult, actually, even as a childcare provider, because her sort of sleep and interactions with people, she was quite attached to me. So I actually had a difficult experience starting with childcare funnily enough so yeah you just really need to work out what you um, need as a family I think to start with what's important to you do you need everything supplied so you can just sort of drop off and and know that the child is going to have nappies and food really nutritious food and um, everything they need for the day or would you prefer to supply it yourself so there's just so many variables that you need to work out as a family that you need first in terms of choosing the right childcare as well whether it's near home or your work there's a lot of different things yeah I feel like you know with these sort of moments the only way that you can actually feel comfortable and get a vibe off things is when you have a orientation and you can go in you can meet the people you can feel like oh they might be really good and she might like it here or he might like it here and as you know like as parents and mums just use your mum gut and you know your own intuition is so valuable if you're getting a really great vibe um you really connect with the director or the center coordinator 
the child's room leader is really engaging and the children seem quite settled and everyone's addressing you and, you know, looking you in the eye and genuinely seem happy to be there and just really enjoying the environment. That's a really good sign that everyone's just really settled and it's a really happy, pleasant place to be. That's the main thing. You know, if you're walking into somewhere and don't get a good vibe or, you know, something seems a bit off or there's just something that, you you know, you haven't felt that your child would enjoy or, or fit into well, you know, use that intuition. You know, it's so strong. So I think you, you know what's best for your own child, obviously. And what do you think are important questions to ask during that orientation or tour? Absolutely. So I think sort of age appropriateness as well. What what room would they be in? Do they have access to a really beautiful playground or in, indoor and outdoor experiences? What does the centre provide? Um, what do you need to bring? Um, and then there's also other elements as well. And it's not specific to long daycare, but, you know, other specific needs that your child has. So allergies or sensitivities or learning difficulties or, you know, even normal behavioural issues like, you know, being a little bit anxious about new places or specific things like that it's just really important to explore all of your options you know I'm, I'm obviously strongly advocate for long daycare but fully appreciate that sometimes family daycare or nannies or family or other scenarios are, are better for your child as well so you really have to think about what's best for your family situation and your child is really important too and someone wrote in as a tip saying that they felt the most important question to ask was about staff turnover. Do you think that's important? Yeah, I definitely do. But I think it's almost take a step back from that question. Why is that question important? Are the environments supportive for the staff? Are the, are the educators really happy to be there and love what they do? I think it's important. And, and I'm sure Maite would agree that, you know, it's, it's, it would be a really difficult job and place to be if you didn't enjoy what you did. So that's why I mentioned before about it's really important to sort of go in and have a look at at the sort of service you're looking at is, is everybody happy to be there are they engaging with you if staff turnover is high yes I would assume people aren't happy to be where they're working and it wouldn't be a good environment for a child if the educators are feeling negative about where they are so yes that is a good question but probably more think about why you're asking that question what are the costs associated I think a lot of mothers don't really know that there is a childcare subsidy that you know some people can have That's can you right. talk us through that? Sure. So all registered childcare services, so including family daycare, families who use those services are available or do have access to the childcare subsidy. You have to apply as the parent or caregiver. Each family is means tested and then you're given um, the amount or percentage they'll cover for your daily fee. So in a roundabout way, the family should only be paying the gap fee rather than the full daily fee. So say if it's $100 a day, the parents should only be paying a portion of that or be charged a portion of that. And the government gives the money back to the centre. So. And Maite, is that the same with family daycare? It is the same, yes. Yeah. Depending how, how much is the income for the family. That's right. And if the mother is working or studying, that will affect too. That's right how much subsidy the government will pay for them. And yeah. what a wonderful country we live in. Also yes. depending, is it worth mentioning as well, depending on the family's income level, it may be capped annually as well at around $10,000. I think it is. It does. Uh, there are some variables in there, as Mate said as well. So there's a few variables, but it is worth figuring out what you're um, eligible for. And then that will sort of guide you as to what you can afford. And that information is Centrelink, isn't it? It is Centrelink, beloved Centrelink. Um, so call bit... them and sit on the phone for 45 right. minutes to an hour That's right. and have a convo. That's right. And sometimes you don't get it the beginning, isn't it? It might not come to you in the beginning, yeah. but it could take a month and they will pay Back-tated. the weeks. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we'll come back to you. So yeah. generally, I would say if you are knowing that you do want to use childcare or family daycare or another registered service, that do get onto it sooner rather than later if the funding is really necessary for your family, so that you can start having that funding from generally when you start from the child's first day. Maite, someone wrote in concerned saying that they worry with family daycare that literally anyone can walk in the door as it's someone's house and the parent won't know them. What do you have to say about that? Um, yes, kind of can, but I think they know I'm working and people might drive past and wave hello, but they don't really come and stay. And if they come, I'll say, sorry, I can't chat now or I'm doing this. And yeah, we move on on the day. It's the same way as any place that people can stop by and say hello to you, still working, they got to go. Yeah. And do you have your doors locked? I remember with our family daycare, they had all their front doors locked and made sure that, you know, if someone was coming that they didn't know who they were and then they'd open the door and then shut it behind us. (laughs) Yes, have to have everything locked. And I usually have, well, I have the garage big gate open. So I have that gate and usually we have half the garage down so they can still see outside and people can see us, but they can't really walk straight in. And isn't there like a log or something that has to be kept of anyone that visits and that kind of thing? Yeah, same as in, in a long daycare. Anybody that walks in, even if it's, you know, the pool yeah. man that comes, they have to sign in and sign out time that they come and sign, write their names. Yeah, we have all that. And logistically, is it better to pick somewhere close to home or close to work? That is actually a discussion so many women have. And I actually, it's like the chicken and the egg. I don't actually know what would be better. I don't think there's one answer. I'm more like I would rather it close to home so that then at least I get the time in the, like if I, I mean, I work from home, but if I did (laughs) work a long way away from home, I would rather have my child attend somewhere close to home so that then I could at least have the freedom of the car ride on my own. And then it meant that if I wanted to stop at the shops or whatever on the way home to get groceries I didn't have to do it with them and also it would mean that if I was having a day off work for some reason I wasn't having to drive a long way and also I think there's more likelihood that they would be attending daycare with kids that they would probably be going to school with if they attended near home. And also I think that if they are going to be at daycare and then they are sick then you're going to come home closer to home to pick them up and then just go home anyway. Yeah. We've and made a decision. I, I think also if you have any emergencies, you might have people close by to you that can yes. go pick them up. Yeah. Instead of close to your I work. Agree. And I think like from personal experience as a mum who's working as well, it's really nice to once you've dropped your child off, get in the car and just like, okay, take your mum hat off for five seconds, like so said, just have a mm. breather. Okay, now I'm in work mode. And it's quite nice to have that time in the car. If you are working or even if you're not working, to have just some some solitude and just some breathing space for yourself is really nice. But also in saying that on the flip side, we are kind of seeing in Melbourne a few more businesses and workplaces providing childcare within their city buildings or business parks things like that so I think obviously if that was linked in with your workplace I think obviously that's obviously a positive but um, yeah it depends on the family and where you work and where you live as well 
Well, absolutely everything I just said goes out the window if your child cares being absolutely. for free. So, <laughs> I, I, I do Solitude feel, comes at a price. Definitely across the board, and I'm only speaking of Melbourne, of course, but um, I think, yeah, we are sort of seeing the conversation start that trying to get mothers returning to work more readily or, or make childcare more accessible for mothers or carers and, and the workplace is sort of linking to that a bit more. But generally we do see more families using childcare centres closer to their home. How come you can charge more, like some centres and some family daycares can charge more than others? I think we're heading as a country towards regulations around pricing because it isn't regulated and isn't capped at the minute. For me, I think it's competition and supply and demand. I think it's quite a competitive space, childcare. I'm not just talking about long daycare. I think it's across all providers and all scenarios. I think it's yeah, a bit of a supply and demand and, and because of the competitiveness of the industry. I'm not sure what you think, Maite. What, what's your perspective on that? Uh, yeah, in family daycare, it's pretty Pretty much we decide what we're going to charge, isn't it? And yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure how it goes on a long day centre. Well, it's similar, how... obviously, like you take, you know, the average child's day, you know, at, an, at a means age, say. There's obviously resources, nappies, cleaning, food, associated supplies, and that's obviously we have a cost for that. And then as a private business, obviously, there's a small margin, but we set that we don't have a, a huge you know, expectation for just putting the price up for the sake of it or charging ridiculous <laughs> amount because mum and dad's business was born out of their own personal frustrations from my brother and I having sort of a, a rubbish time at childcare and there not being many good options for my parents who were both working full time. Like it, it was really important to them to have a, a high quality, really good value for families option that was sort of safe mm. in our scenario being long daycare, purpose-built environment. So, you know, brand new building that's purposely built for this situation, which is what obviously a long daycare is for us and so I think because in our situation the business and childcare providing was born out of personal experience it's more of a genuine journey so we do really conservative pricing obviously to make the business viable but to supply families value and high qualities that's our personal journey and our personal decision but but like Mate said it's not a capped industry or it's not regulated in percentages you can charge some people are charging in my opinion ridiculous amounts of money to make it really unaffordable and a bit unattainable for some families. I'm happy to pay for a little bit more when you guys like feed the children. That is an added bonus. If I don't have to pack a lunch, oh. I'm the opposite on that. I have three kids and seriously, you will be like, take them all. Settle down. It's not like it's just (laughs) one, but I've, I've purposely, I've been happy to send the girls to daycares where it's not provided because we would like to have a say over what the girls are eating in the day in a couple of daycare centers we've looked at like you know every day they're getting for example like a muffin and sure like a muffin can either be like quite healthy or not healthy and I'm not saying this for all daycare centers I know a lot of uh, mm-hmm. child care centers have healthy food but we were just kind of like my two-year-old doesn't need like I, I remember a friend of mine who was sending their child to a child care center and the kid was getting like sticky date pudding type things every single day and they were like the child is too she does not require that for morning tea. <laughs> so I've been happy heavy. to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I know that's not the same across all, but I haven't actually, that yeah. wasn't a priority of mine for there to be food. And there. I think in, 
in Melbourne, I think it's more a thing to supply food as, as just a general expectation. But I believe in Queensland or other states, a lot of families bring their own food into the centres. And if your child has sensitivities, are they generally fine within a daycare centre? Absolutely. So there's, as we know, as parents and mums being around other children, I think more and more children with sensitivities or allergies these days, um, it's absolutely an expectation that childcare centres should, you know, accommodate to that. I think it's the, the chef's role within the childcare centre in my opinion, is is vital and really essential and they have to have that allergy management. So there's everything from anaphylactic level of allergies to mild intolerances, religious dietary requirements and other likes and dislikes. And there's obviously a whole range of ways you you have to manage that as as regulated services. So yes, absolutely, I, I would fully expect that childcare providers should accommodate food requirements. The one at uh, UMI's school, they have like a, they, they send out a menu for the week and then they'll set out and they'll let you know what they have for like morning tea and then what yeah. they have for lunch and yeah. then they and I, I love the at the end of the day they'll let you know how much they've eaten you know Super if they've done wheeze and poos yeah. so you feel like you can go home okay you've actually eaten this much I know what you've had mm. so maybe yeah. I'll give you a smoothie for dinner because like, you've had this set meal you've had like a tuna pasta so we won't have pasta for dinner or have, yeah you know yeah. something lighter or something different so yeah it's honestly with all levels of care no matter what the service is communication is key to know what your child's done throughout the day where they're at emotionally and the academic sort of learning through play experiences you know it's great to connect with what they've done and let them communicate what they've been up to as well so not only like the basics of toileting and feeding and all that sort of thing are important to communicate it's you know what the whole group has been up to and and your individual child as well. And Maite in a situation where a family can choose how many days their child attends a childcare setting what do you think is a good amount and do you think consecutive days are better or days broken up by days off are better? Look, I think depending on the age too, but I think when they're very little, I would always say a minimum of two. I think one is really hard to settle as the break at home is really long. They have six days at home to go back and the anxiety and the nervous. It's, I think it's really hard. I would say at least two and I think it's good to have a break in the middle because they can be really tired that day in the daycare and to go back again. And also then it brings back to a long break at home before the next day to go again. I would say either, you know, Monday, Wednesday or Tuesday, Thursday or Monday, Thursday to have good break in between with the family and go back again. That's my view. I don't know. Please. Yeah, I agree. Definitely a minimum of two. Um, we, we strongly encourage that. But in our experience, we've kind of found, yeah, consecutive days next to each other beneficial. And because a week for, with one day in care is a re- like Maite said, is a really long time between visits, basically. So, um, yeah, definitely minimum of two and consecutive is our recommendation. And is there a ideal age for little ones to start? I think it depends on the child. We rarely get babies under six months in a childcare service, but it does happen. There are some parents that either need the care or need to return to work, so it definitely happens. In my opinion, I think around eight months to a year is a good time to start childcare personally. And what do you think, Maite? I think I would say if you can, a little bit older. Yeah, maybe agree, yeah. yeah, 14 to 18 months I think would be great because they can demonstrate a little bit more. They might not say it's things, but they can communicate yeah better you know how they're feeling what they're feeling and what to expect a bit more how the child and you can sort of teach a routine as well at that age yeah Yeah. but I had in family daycare especially Mm. I had four months old and it 
it is what it is. But if you could really choose, I'd say a little bit later. Yeah, one and a half, I think it's great. Totally. And every family is different and the yeah. reasons for sending them to That's daycare right. obviously so different. But yeah. I guess it's more for maybe the family that it's not you know, that they're not needing to return to work or they're not really needing that respite who just want to know, okay, if I'm doing it purely for the benefit of my child, when is the right time to send them? I would say about one. Correct. About one in that situation. And besides peace and quiet, what are the benefits or the other benefits of sending a child to daycare? For the child or the parent? (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Everyone Everyone involved. Uh, It's definitely great for the child to socialise and learn to live in a community because that's how the world is, isn't it? They're not Mm going to live with mum and dad forever. And people will. (laughs) We hope. Sorry. Sorry for the news. (laughs) Hang on, Sophie's crying. Break it to us gently (laughs) next time, my day. But, um, um, just to yeah, share and see what other kids are doing. They learn so much by watching what other kids do. And as you said, you know how the first one is so different. They're much higher. I was thinking of you when you said that, you know, first one was family daycare. The second one went to a long day. said third one straight is the reception. They watch what the other ones are doing. So it's, mm. I think it's really important yes. to watch other kids and to learn. Yeah, I agree things that they can do what they're capable of and and how to do it but also socializing sharing and fighting that's gonna happen isn't it I think it's really good for the child yeah and I think that you know even we can read so much and we can listen to a lot of things but uh, you know when you're a mum and you're a parent you're just trying to see what works and what doesn't and you know sometimes you're just going to try these things and go okay well that's just not working and you know you'll you'll send them to a daycare for a few weeks and be like okay well that didn't work let's try something else and I feel like that is parenting you're always just trying to see what works and if it works it's going well and if it's not then we shift and we we change and we we do something different just to try and you know make the kids happy one benefit I found because I sent Poppy back before I was doing any kind of work again and one benefit I found was that the rest of the week I was dragging her along to Mm. do errands and stuff way less so I was like okay your day with me is not spent like in the car Mm. going to the post office going here going there and I know that's a luxury but it meant that the days that I had her it was like let's do fun things quality time let's learn let's not spend the whole day running errands with me I thought that was a benefit if anyone needs to feel better about sending their child to da- childcare, yeah. even if they're not returning to work. I, mm. As a mum and a you know early learning provider, I feel that you know the the days when you do have some time apart, it's more valuable. You you just feel more connected and and more present when when you are together um, on the days that you're at home or doing stuff together. So, I just like to add the benefits of using a care service is uh, school readiness, I think, is is really positive. They sort of get to learn those executive functions, which are sort of like the rules of life, so to speak, you know, learning social manipulation or manipulation is probably not the right word, more negotiation and just having having that time experience. And like my, my own nearly three-year-old missed out last year with COVID. Unfortunately, I, I had us restarting childcare again and stopped with, with the COVID virus coming in. But I feel personally she's really missed out on a whole year of socialisation and that key developmental stage, just having experience with other kids and without mum and dad and having, you know, really 
really good time at a, at a care service. So I feel a bit sad for her missing out on that last year, but she is going to three-year-old kinder this year and I know she'll just love it and, and have some hard times and good times, but I think that's exactly what she needs personally is as a mom and a, as an education provider. I know um, she'll just flourish now with those life experiences so yeah I think it's just a really good start to school as well just having some sort of system or some sort of program that they can engage with prior to starting school for their resilience and um, personal well-being before they start too. Oh and you definitely would not be alone in feeling that way about what so many kids have missed out on in the past year but I guess you think what she's gained through one-on-one time with you guys is also invaluable. That's true I'll stop feeling guilty mom guilty. And I think I was going to say also, if even if you don't work, you don't do anything at all. I hope there are people <laughs> that get days like this that you don't do anything at all. It might be really beneficial or really important for you for self-care and mental health, you know, for you to have the time Definitely. off. You might become a better mom yeah. if you have that time. Well, let's talk, let's talk about mom guilt because there's so much mum guilt with sending children to daycare and uh, family daycare and, you know, it, you shouldn't have to feel guilty just because you want to have a little bit of time, whether it's exactly what Sophie said, you know, doing the shopping without the children there so when you are having days with the children you're not having to do all those extra errands. I think you could have a whole podcast totally. on mum guilt. <laughs> I personally found it really hard to let go for my firstborn to go to care for someone else, even though, you know, it was our own one that we were providing. I found it so tough from so many different angles. But the second I saw the positive sort of a love that our educators were giving my daughter and what a good time she was having when she settled in, it just made me relax and think, okay, she's having a really good experience. But I'm not going to lie, it was really hard to start with because, you know, she was crying when I dropped her off and you just, every interview feels like you're doing the wrong thing. But if you just have a deep breath and sort of just let them experience a, a childcare scenario, whether it's family daycare or long daycare or nanny or grandparents or whatever, just let them experience and just see how they respond for, for a day. And often, you know, we all get the text or the phone call, you know, an hour or five mm-hmm. minutes later saying they're having a ball and have relaxed and gotten into the groove of the day. So I think it's important just to give it time and just, you know, sit in the feeling of mum guilt for a bit and then see how your child responds. And once you see them being happy and playing and, and being loved by the person providing care for them, I think it's pretty pretty special once you get to that point. How much time would you actually give that? Like would you, if you just started <laughs> yeah. daycare or family daycare, would you give like a good two weeks or what would be the, the right amount yeah, to get when them would, settled? Yeah, when would you kind of think like, oh, maybe this isn't the best fit for them? Yeah. I would say minimum two weeks but a good month. Mm-hmm to be honest, four weeks to six weeks of, of the scenario. I think obviously, again, like I've said, use your intuition, but if it's terrible, terrible, obviously you know your, your child's not ready for it or you're not ready for it, that's totally fine. You can come back, you know, in, in six months or a couple of months when things settle down, but I would give it a good four to six weeks to see how the child responds. And if there's, you see slow, small changes, baby steps, I think you can, you know, safely say, you know, that the child is learning and you're learning and they're getting more comfortable in, in the environment. In going back to mum guilt quickly, because, you know, we got so many questions yeah. sent in about mum guilt and how to, you know, shake that feeling. And I, I think it's just all about coming back to, you know, why are you sending them? So that could be, you know, you financially need to work or you mentally really, really want to work or you, you know, need space for yourself. And it's coming back to what we always talk Mm. about that the perfect mum or or the super mum or whatever we want to call it, isn't necessarily the a hundred percent selfless mum. And that's good. 
good because you need to put yourself first at times to parent and yeah, unfortunately, even though your kids are everything to you, there are other things going on in the world that you that you have to fulfill and do and and you're not leaving them out on the street. <laughs> like they're going to be cared yeah. for someone else. And if it's a good childcare centre that you gel with and your kid gels with, what they gain from that, I'm sorry, is at times often more than what you can give them at Absolutely. home 24-7. And I don't think so, you can be a super mum without help. I've, I've learnt that now after being a mum for a couple of years for me personally I don't feel like I can achieve as much or be the best mum I I feel like I can be without help I feel like I'm flailing if I don't have help sometimes it takes a little while to actually get help every time Poppy comes home with any kind of arts and crafts activity from daycare (laughs) I'm like good on you because I was not (laughs) opening the paints at home so there we go keep that play-doh there girl (laughs) I was um when I saw the question of mom guilt I thought oh my gosh you know you gotta deal with your issues first and it was really quick answer but I kept thinking about it and I think it has a lot to do with society and Mm. judgments that we have now from pregnancy you know are you gonna have a a vaginal birth Mm. are you gonna have a cesarean are you breastfeeding the guilt starts from the cup of coffee that you have when you're pregnant and it's gonna be with us I guess forever isn't it it's gonna be there but I I think it's I'm sorry to say as you two are doing your podcast and social media focused but I think social media has a big part of it because we look at the other moms and we really put ourselves down, you know, I'm not doing this or, or you know, I'm leaving my kid and I'm, these other moms are taking them to this park or this show or these learning this lesson. And we just compare ourselves so much that really makes our guilt so much worse that I think it's the worst. So I think, you know, if we really do what we feel like it is the right thing for you, for your child, but try to stop comparing yourself, I think is the best thing that we can do because guilt will come a lot worse, I think, when we see what other people are doing or what they're saying, you know, and we judge the other moms as well. There's no way we we don't. I think that's why these conversations are so important and, and these sorts of platforms are so important. Like you said, social media can be a bit evil in that way, but I think there are so many moms or experienced parents now who are trying to turn that around and have these sorts of conversations and, you know, keep it a bit more real than just the, you know, rose-coloured real or Instagram and all that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, the more real you can be and the more, you know, Try and unfollow those ones that make you feel crappy. I think it's important to to protect yourself a bit as well. I think, you know, there's people definitely out there only showing the good parts, but try and follow, you know, Beyond the Bump podcast and these girls and other mums and parents that yeah, are, you know, girl. keeping it real. I didn't even and tell just you to like say that. We didn't even the, have to pay her for that. The good bits and the bad bits, you know, it's it's life's tough with kids. So just try and protect yourself and, and be careful about who you follow. If, if they make you feel crappy, unfollow them and just try and surround yourself yeah. with those people that are going to pump you up and keep it real. And I think guilt's going to be there at any level regardless because, you know, obviously care so much about being a parent. It's kind of quite unnatural not to have that guilt. And I think I think the more information you get, the totally. guiltier you get too because you're like, I'm not doing that. Oh, I didn't do that from, from start. And, yeah, I think it's really hard and, yeah. I used to have this guilt when I was driving that I wouldn't look enough at Yumi in the rear vision mirror. Like that's how bad my mum guilt was. Wow. Yeah. You disgusting mother keeping your eyes on the road. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? But I did. I just had this, oh, and I'm about to drop you off at daycare. I'm not even looking at you or engaging. Like I feel so horrible. But I have learned for a lot of different reasons that I have mum guilt that, you know, I'm 
like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've literally just had you all weekend, all <laughs> week. You have been an absolute nightmare. I can't wait for you to have fun at daycare. Enjoy your day and me pick you up and have a beautiful meal at home and then pop you to yeah. bed. And that's when you like randomly ask them 10 questions just to make yourself feel better, but they won't even answer like one of them. You're like, shut up, mom. Do you have any tips, Maite, for dealing with hard drop-offs? Should you just rip the Band-Aid off and run Mm. or should you try and settle them and how can we make drop-offs better? Look, I think to start with, probably really try to read your child. I think I have two. They don't like to suffer. The anticipation, the anxiety builds up for something that is coming up. Mm. So I don't really talk about it, things that they are not too happy about it or anything too early because they struggle for weeks, hours. I leave it for the last minute because some kids do not want to talk about it before you drive there or what you're doing tomorrow. But I think once you get there, do not make it long. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah, longest, if they're struggling, it's just harder. They'll just get more anxious. And another thing, I also try to keep yourself calm because they do. Mm. They totally sense your everything. They emotions. Pick up. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But I don't like running away. I think it's fair to say goodbye and say, I'm coming back. I'll come back, you know, or the educator can call, call me if anything happens, I'm going to come back. And also I think for children, they don't know what's eight hours or three hours. Mm. It's a long time. I think say, I'll come back after lunch or I'll come back after your sleep, whatever it is. But I think be honest, say goodbye and kind of be quick. Do not yeah, take too long. I agree. And we we always encourage parents to organize their own like sort of goodbye routine. So whether it's a little kiss or a little saying that they do to do that all the time, like each drop off. So it's consistent. And I think consistency for a child is really important in those sorts of very emotional situations because they will obviously learn that you're going to come back, but it's that learning process. That's the difficult part. And it makes them feel safe. Totally. Yeah. If you can choose an activity and say, I'm going to leave after we do this That's puzzle. helpful, yeah. Or I'm going mm. to build or read this book to you. I'm going to leave after this and do it. And do you think it's wise, to, if you are returning to work, do you think it's wise to start childcare two weeks before you return, the day you return? What do you oh, think is best? I think if you had, let's say, a month, mm. I think it would be a good. A month is great. And I, I think it would be great if the mom or the dad can start, you know, with three hours to four hours to five, slowly build that up because they feel so safe when they see you. Oh, you're coming back. You said you're coming back. You're here. Mm. And slowly push a little bit longer until they are fine and they really don't don't look after where's where's mom, where's dad. And I if if you have time, definitely do it a month if you can. I'm sitting here with the mum guilt because Goldie's first day of daycare, I'm pretty sure she went from like eight to four. <laughs> yeah, but but she like was Poppy fine. was there yeah. for the first few days and I would have come if anything yeah. was wrong, but I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> no, but I think it's more for the children that struggle, struggle yeah. to say goodbye and struggle to be there, you know, tears. If they're fine, there's really no That's reason. Right. Why not? What about naps? How do we get them ready to nap? No, da- no, no. I need to say exactly <laughs> what you're saying. How do you get them to nap at daycare and I not? I was in trouble. You were not. You were not. How do you get them to nap at daycare and we like struggle at home? All of a sudden, Yumi's literally sleeping on a fl- like a stretcher thing. A stretcher. Maite had Poppy sleeping on a stretcher at literally like 15 months. I'm like, if I tried to put Poppy down in anything other than a cot, she would literally laugh in my face and be like, I don't think so, bitch. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they've she slept like two hours on the mat. I'm like, what? 
surrounded by other children. So how, Maite, how? Where's your answers? (laughs) Look, I don't know, but I can tell you, my young kids do not sleep at my family daycare. It's the issue is your own blood. <laughs> yeah. They will, their own mother and father is just another person. Yeah. They respect and do whatever we say, but not your own. Never. Yeah, that's true. And if your baby or your child is used to sleeping in, say, a blacked out room at home, will they be able to sleep at daycare? Look, I think it depends on the place and you can check that once you go visit the daycares that you're thinking about putting your child. I think you need to ask, how is it? Where would they sleep? And what do you do? In my case, I do close all blinds and all doors, put a white noise or a gentle music, a lullaby the whole time. Because if another child also wakes up, they don't wake up everybody, but they do have a quite dark room to sleep. I think it's the same along daycare. It is, Especially yeah. babies, they have a really dark room. Yeah, and- so I think it's not advised in Victoria at the minute to have a separate sleep room. We, we do have a sleep area that's darkened with white noise and gentle music, but we encourage families to bring some sort of comforter or sleep association that the child might have. So whether that's, you know, bottles before bed or sort of milk feeding situation or little cuddly teddy or those little blanky snugglies. Um, just, yeah, yeah, something that they're used to from home or the same sleeping bag or sleep associations positive. Um, but yeah, the white noise and a darkened space is essential because there are going to be babies crying and children moving about and voices talking, even if it's hushed. So it's definitely um, difficult for some children, but they definitely, I think after seeing the other children consistently napping that are used to it, I think they eventually will get it, but it can be a bit of a struggle to get those children to sleep that are pretty resistant and need a really specific environment. But but it does happen slowly. As long as they have sort of quiet yeah, time, it can, can be beneficial. I think knowing that there's an adjustment period, like I remember That's it right. took quite a while for Poppy to sleep like she would at home yeah. at daycare. But also having faith in that they can be at times flexible to do things that they don't necessarily do solely at home. Like maybe if it was the mum there looking after them, well then, as Maite said, they might act out and be like, well, this isn't how I sleep. Mm -hmm. But the entire situation is different. So I think sometimes they can, Mm. you know, really adjust better than we give them credit for. Mm. And also I was going to say sleeping is quite a sad moment if they always sleep at the same time. It's quite a quiet time and they, you know, can think about mom and dad and it can be said. So I think, especially the beginning, I had a lot of parents come pick them up before rest time because that's when they really get a bit upset and think, oh, where's mom now, you know, and hold their little blanket. Oh, that's so cute. I'm going to cry. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) distractions. So I think um, the beginning, whatever, if you can, if you have the time to do let's say four first days shorter, I think it could be really nice for the child not to be upset and know you're coming back. So how do we deal with routines, like our home routine versus our daycare routine? Um, I think generally when you're going through your orientation induction with a long daycare centre, just be really open about what your child does at home. I think throughout that transition phase of going from home to childcare or getting used to the situation, I think it's best if the childcare centre can be a little bit flexible and just help that child integrate. But then eventually they will integrate into the centre's routine, which is obviously age appropriate and best for that age group as well. So when they're eating and sleeping or um, toileting, things like that, it is going to be a bit of a flexible transition. But it is best if you can communicate what you do at home and and try and um, transition a little bit 
step by step. It's even helpful to hear about what the childcare centre does because you could even implement a little bit of that at home to help your child integrate into the centre environment too. That's that's how we do it in, that's a good idea. in long daycare. I'm not sure about family daycare. Yeah, I think it, it might be a bit easier to adapt or to keep your routine, your home routine in a family mm. daycare because I only have four That's little right. ones. So they can, and there's a space to sleep, so they can sleep at the time they usually do and bottles anytime. But I think as they grow, they tend to follow a similar mm. sleep mm. time and lunch, yeah, snacks. So, but definitely communication is the best and explain. Yeah. Also, the, the educator would ask, you know, what time, how does it work when they sleep, when they have the bottle, or do they have solids, and try to fit as much as they can. That's right. And, it's, yeah. and like Maite said, it's obviously age-appropriate, so you wouldn't, like, necessarily yeah. change a, a baby's or an infant's schedule or routine. I think that's just impossible. It's not, you know, something you can ask a family to do. But as Maite said, as, as the child gets older and into three- and four-year-old kinder, the, the routines are pretty similar and, and it's easier for them to gel into the centre or care environment. And I think having the expectation that your little, if they do have quite a strict routine at mm-hmm. home, like just know that, it, that, you know, as we've said before, there's going to be that period period of adjustment and you know I know that Goldie's first couple of weeks the next days after daycare she was so tired and she was much mm. more difficult to get down for a morning nap because she was overtired by that mm. point so just you know maybe you know planning quite chilled weeks for those first That's two, two to four weeks yeah. just while they get used to being tired and overstimulated yeah. or more stimulated and and yeah it's a bit easier for everyone in that way. That's great advice yeah. And what is what do mamas do when they are still breastfeeding and they drop their little ones off at daycare? What's the the go there? Are you still feeding Goldie? Yeah, I'm still feeding Goldie. And look, I've sent her each day with formula and a bottle to have there. Um, but to be honest, because she's one now, she, she's not really interested in a bottle, and she's fine mm. when she doesn't have it. So. You know, she's she good can, on the she truth. Can, she can, yeah, and she just tends to eat more when she's at daycare than she does at home. And when I walk through the door at the end of the day, I see her face. I'm literally a walking set of tits <laughs> walking through that front door because she just like, you know, if Nick and I go together to pick her up, she will not go to Nick because she's That's like, so I'm not funny. going anywhere near you and your useless nipples. Get me <laughs> yeah. to her. Your, and she your like boobs does. Are, your boobs miss her more than she misses your boobs. <laughs> Yeah. No, definitely the other way around. It's my boobs are fine, but exactly. I walk in oh. and she like doesn't even look me in the eye. She just like gets herself sideways and is just like gets she me. Her arm down your but top. yeah, it's funny. Like <laughs> I, I think yeah, I think it's up to the mum, I guess. If they pump, they can leave pumped milk there. They can leave formula there. But yeah, with Goldie, yeah. she's just not yeah. interested yeah. in the bottle, and she's fine there until I walk through the door. That can sometimes be beneficial if the childcare is near work in that situation. We have had some mums, um, one of our centres is in a business park and um, some of the mums who need to go back earlier do come whenever the child needs a feed for a breastfeed if they're little or still require that breastfeed specifically. But that's where a good scenario, if that's relevant to your family situation, where think about whether it's best for home or work, the childcare centre to be closer to you in which scenario. So that's something to think about too, if that's your situation. I was going to say it might be if you're really planning to go to work and you need and you want your child to keep on having <laughs> breast milk maybe start pumping and giving the bottle at home to see if they would take yeah, the bottle at home yeah. with someone else yeah but I also the same as Fleece I had a mom that she wanted to breastfeed so she would come 
every lunchtime to breastfeed before sleep for probably almost a year she did that. How do we deal with sickness from daycare? Like it's all good to sign up and go, yep, my kid's going to daycare and then the first week they're pretty much sick and then they're sick again and then they're sick again. And then you're sick. And then you're sick and then everybody's sick. So how do we deal with sickness? Unfortunately, there's no magic answer. I'm sorry to say it's a really tough time with little ones who aren't used to um, being around so many people. My personal advice that that works pretty well for us is I like to always do a bath or shower when they get home. I just think that's just really good practice to do if they're new to that sort of environment. We still got sick though in saying that, unfortunately. Um, I think, you know, obviously if your child has a good balanced diet, trying to get you know, vitamins and immune system, see that that can help them get over some of the sicknesses a bit quicker. But unfortunately, I don't have a magic answer for that. And I know the centres in the last year with um, even more higher levels of cleanliness given COVID, we've seen a lot of that sickness go down, which is really positive. So I think that's going to be a positive ongoing practice, hopefully across all centre services or childcare services in the future. It's kind of, I think parents aren't sending children to their care environment while they're sick. I think it's now a societal expectation that that you keep them home when you know they're a bit sick. Yeah, I I think As you said, more hygiene and the tolerance to any sniffly Mm. nose now is zero, isn't it? Mm. People don't don't keep the, yeah, they send them home. I did read somewhere that it's completely normal in the first few years of life for little ones to get 6 to 12 cold flu-like illnesses a year uh, and there's not really much you can do other than hand hygiene to prevent that and it has been shown I believe in what I was reading that children that don't attend childcare often they get more illnesses when they say start around Mm. the school age because it is just your body like you know dealing with Mm. illnesses that it hasn't dealt with before so yeah it sucks there's no way really to avoid them and it's great that people are keeping their kids home when they're sick now I guess everyone should have been doing that absolutely that's the hardest no time like the present that's the biggest thing Um, to keep your child home even if they're a little bit off and you know in your own child that they're getting a bit sick keep them home then they're going to get better faster and not not spread it as far and I think that's I'm sure for all of us as parents and childcare providers, that's the biggest message. Just read your child and, and, and put their health first. Like don't don't just get them to push on. They're just little and they need the rest and recuperation as well. But maybe a positive mindset to get through is be like, they're dealing with this yes, now. And right. hopefully that means in the next couple of years they'll have yeah. to deal with it less. And that is true though, because when you end up if the, if they are at daycare, they do get a lot. And then when they go to school, they have less, but then they're at school learning and then they're not homesick. So it's almost better if they are getting True. sick at daycare rather than at school. Um, when you're in the thick of it, it's yeah. really hard <laughs> to remember that. Yeah. But also the daycare, like with Yumi going through halfway through COVID, like if I can compare her sicknesses to the girl's sicknesses when they were at daycare, she has had barely any. And I really do think it's because of how clean we are and not having our dirty kids at daycare when they are sick. You've just got to stay home with them, which is fair enough. And I do think it should have been like that all along, but I think everybody's lives Mm -hmm. got in the way and commitments and expectations. So hopefully, yeah, like you said, it's it's a new new set of um, society expectations now, I think. 
That's the main questions that got sent in, but we did get some tips from some parents Mm. sent in. So I think these are good ones for anyone whose little ones are starting soon or they're thinking about daycare, but two were clothes related. One is to label absolutely everything. So I guess that's clothes, lunchboxes, drink bottles, everything, and to send them in their daycare clothes, not their nice stuff. I'm still not learning. You cannot, I don't know what paint some people use, but their paint, I cannot get it off. It will not come off. They're like, oh, it might come off. Just put it in detergent. I'm like, I have and it's not coming (laughs) off. Yeah, wait wait for those sales at the cheap places and just buy up your, your childcare and, and play clothes because you just know they're going to get messy, which which is great. I see that as a positive if you're prepared for it. If you don't mind a bit of mess, it means they've had a ball, you know, they're not worried about their jumper or their pants. They can just, just the mess go is elsewhere. It. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely have your clothes if you don't mind getting messy and dirty and lost even perhaps. And another parent wrote in saying tour multiple centres so you know what is out there, which is a really good one. On that topic, they are not sponsoring today's episode. So this is not a paid plug, but they have sponsored us before. There is a site called Toddle because lots of people were like, how do you even know what's out there? And that is a site that you can compare different childcare centres. And if you say don't have friends nearby that can give you word of mouth reviews, they do have different reviews on there too. Yeah, so that's a really good way of doing it as well if you can't physically go in there. Prepare their bag the night before and I am still learning this with the girls. I always think, and going back to the lunchbox thing, it's just one of those things that does my head in because they come home, I unpack it and then I've got to repack it and when I'm tired or I'm doing something that day, I just don't want to do it. But every time I get up the next morning and I haven't packed that lunchbox or those lunchboxes, it twists my morning upside Mm. down. So it is so much more beneficial to be prepared the night before. Nick and I have started doing that with lunchboxes, even the days that Goldie and Poppy Mm. don't go to daycare because we noticed that when their food was in lunch lunchboxes they were eating so much and they were obviously snacking so much less because every time they were hungry like at daycare or whatever their lunchbox was brought out so we've started doing that on the other days too and they're eating so much better they're eating more and they're eating way less snacks and it's way Mm. less work for me because every time they say they're hungry I'm just like cool it out here's this and then you just put it back in the fridge again yeah I have a tip on the lunchbox that I really dislike making lunchboxes I agree with you um that's one thing I but I have four lunch boxes for two children because mm. another thing that I like is coming home, washing, waiting to dry or drying to do it again. So I oh my put that God, one you're an box. absolute genius. I've never <laughs> ever already, thought of that. Have a clean one for the next day already that you washed the day before. Oh, it makes and a big difference. And pack it before they even get yes. home. Yes, I can do it, you know, 2 p.m. I already do the lunchbox for the next day. I love you. And they haven't been, yeah, home. It makes especially, sense. I guess, if you're giving them leftovers or something for the next day, it yeah. um, stops you from accidentally eating all of tomorrow's <laughs> lunch at dinner, which Nick and I are always like, let's cook for six. And then we're like, sick, we ate it all. Oh, no. <laughs> that is such a good tip. I'm actually going to go and do that. It's like anxiety. It's, I have lunchbox yes. anxiety. Like I'm like, oh, I've only got a short period of time to do all this and I can't get my head around it and then I'm just like oh who cares I'm the same as oh, <laughs> it's so different God. to when we because so my my daughter's going to a local three-year-old kinder this year and lunch boxes are new to me and we got the list of like how to pack a good lunch box and we're not allowed to have packaging anymore and you know healthy snacks which I think is, is amazing but it's so different to when we were kids we so complex. we just had sort of a 
you know, thoughtful lunch still, but like just was so different to the expectations of lunch boxes now. So I can see how you'd get um, lunch box anxiety. And there's also like you can't have packaging because they yeah. they don't even use bins at school anymore. That's so right. you've got to keep it in your bag and then you've got to make sure that it's cool and then you've got to have no nuts, no allergies, no That's blah, right. blah, 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 yeah. and you just got to have all this in your head to be like, okay, I've got it, yep, I'm going to pack this. And then they come to the, the counter and they're like, oh, I don't want that on my sandwich. And I'm like, <laughs> <sighs> Back in the day, my mum said that she would have a sandwich and an apple. And here I am, got five fruits, yeah. three vegetables, yeah. hummus on the side. A unicorn-shaped cut-out sandwich or something. Yeah. <laughs> I draw the line at cutouts. That is where I draw the line. Another one that we had sent in was trust your instincts. If the daycare doesn't feel right, it probably isn't the best fit. And you ladies have said that throughout this whole episode and I agree. I think you guys will appreciate the next one. Create a good and respectful, respectful dialogue (laughs) with the educators and the staff. And, you know, someone said if you are respectful, you're more likely for them to tell you more. If you speak rudely to staff, they will probably unintentionally withhold <laughs> information because you're scary as shit. <laughs> so just be respectful. Yeah. Like Yumi I came home a with a scar on her face. Though, isn't it? <laughs> Not just for childcare. Yes, totally. Yumi came home with a scar on her face, yes, uh, like last week. And I was like, who did that to your face? And she's like, Rose. And I'm like, who is Rose? And Nick's like, there's no one at school called Rose. She just keeps on saying Rose. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to go down there. And I'm not because I love them all. They're all fantastic. But it's just so funny that you can get so fired up about other things. We actually had a uh, question in here about how do you not worry about something bad happening to your kids, like um, bullying and things like that. We are all overprotective parents, obviously, but how do you not cross the line with being too protective and and really trusting that the educators are doing the right thing? Well, I can only obviously speak for long daycare or childcare centres, but I think that's where it comes back to communication. And I think the benefit of that is there are so many people around. There's lots of children, lots of educators to see those sorts of behaviours. And I know it's more intimate setting in a family daycare, so it's equally the main educator would see that within the small environment. But again, it's that trust. It is trust. You do have to trust them. But I think because there's certain standards around that sort of thing that the educator or service will communicate that with you. And if you do go home and your child's saying oh so-and-so pushed me or called me you know names or something happens to to just gently and not go guns blazing but gently bring it up and say you know my child said this happened or you know has repeatedly said someone's doing something inappropriate definitely say something and there's can be strategies put in place or you know things that can be done straight away to, to help that situation it doesn't happen a lot in this age group other than generally you know learning to socialize but there's not a lot of tactical bullying at this young age that we've seen specifically it's such a hard fine line because in no way would I ever endorse bullying but also another reason why you're sending your child to childcare often is so that they have to kind of come up against a little bit of adversity and build resilience right. and work out how to deal with that so it Themselves. is this fine line between like my child can get injured when I'm looking after them so of course it's it's never going to be a zero percent chance that they're going to get injured at daycare and you know someone might push them or not speak very nicely to them and I guess if it's something that's ongoing and you don't feel like it's being dealt with it's definitely worth saying something but I guess you've also got to think well they also do need to start kind of figuring that stuff out as well is that really harsh 
No, no, it's not. I agree with you. I'm not just sending her into a sea of piranhas. No, I agree. I, I agree. And I think it's really being honest and open, you know, even if it's a little thing that you notice at home. I don't know. The three siblings are going crazy on one. You know, the one got just, or any issue that you have at home, I think it's so worth telling the educator because they will keep an eye, a special eye on that child to see how they're behaving. Or mm. it could be maybe an explanation for a behavior that it's new or different that they can say, yeah, I noticed that today, you know, well, he was more aggressive or something different that I think it's worth saying everything and anything that you you can can children ever get expelled from daycare like if they're really really intense and aggressive in the short answer yes it unfortunately does happen but it's not a black and white answer where it's like okay you've done Mm. something bad and you're not coming back if the family's willing to work with the center or the educators if there's strategies that can be put in place that we can work towards is if everybody's on the same page and working together generally we find it can be worked out and the behaviors can be supported and helped and stopped but in scenarios where we've had to rarely this happens but had to ask families to leave or I don't like the word expelled in at this young age but it's not working. That <laughs> no, was a bit heavy. The family's not on board with mm. working out the behaviour. They, they're they not communicating. We don't see improvement. Actually, another step to that is if the child, for instance, might have learning difficulties and there's a better service or a better environment, we do a lot of what we could, we can support in a lot of work in helping the family get to that point. But like I said, it, that takes a lot of support, a lot of talking, a lot of communication, a lot of trying different things, trial and error. And often getting third parties to support with that and providing lots of different avenues of, of support. So if, if, if it's not working for the child and the family in the childcare environment, definitely would, would support offering other options. It can be a tough mm. conversation, but sometimes some children just don't thrive in that environment, whether it's not age appropriate or, or they have some learning difficulties or some other things going on at home. Um, it just doesn't suit them. That's fine. We support the family to make that decision, but it's not an overnight decision. So Yes, technically they can be expelled, but it's not in a way that that word has connotations. Yeah, there's so much more to it. Kicked out the door, not allowed to come back. So um, no, there's so much more to it. Yeah. And the last little bit of advice was: be prepared to feel so bad, but know it will all be more than okay, and they will absolutely love it eventually. Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one to finish on. I think that's that's lovely. Yeah, and and they'll make beautiful friends too. It's not only the place and the educator. They'll make beautiful friends that could be for life. So send your kids to daycare centres where you like the other parents. You might have a friend or six friends that tell you, this place is beautiful. Put your name down there. And when you go, it's really not you. It could be one staff that has different beliefs Mm -hmm. than you and you said, I don't want my child here. And you think it fits in another place, isn't it? You really need to visit and get the feeling because it might not suit you and it might suit all your friends. But I think you end up having similar friends, similar mom friends in the same place that you believe kind of fits for your... That is honestly my greatest fear of sc- at school <laughs> is that like my child will become best friends with someone and I think their parents are just like, I can't tolerate them. That is like my biggest fear, like having to hang out on the weekend and being like, oh God. I read this <laughs> meme somewhere. There's a meme somewhere that says like, we're not here to choose like your friends. We're here to choose who I can drink wine with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Well, thank you so much for joining us today, ladies, and answering everyone's questions. I'm sure there will be some extremely relieved and more understanding parents about how childcare works and the benefits of it and what to expect. So thank you so, so much. Thank you, girls, for having us. Lovely to chat. It was great. Lovely to chat to you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.